0: Hey everyone, this is Asif and you're listening to Hello Educator. We've got some news for you all. Hello Educator is now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn and every possible app you use to get your podcast on. On that happy note, let's delve into today's episode. We have Vivek Devraj with us. Vivek is an automotive engineer. He runs a company called Oversquare Automotive they focus on product development and research. Vivek also educates school and college students on everything related to automobiles and mechanical engineering. In this episode, we talk about the engineering education space, the misconceptions revolving around them, the stereotyping of uh, engineers the characteristics of an aspiring engineer as well. In case you are a parent or someone who is uh, undecided about what course to opt for, this episode could be very useful for you. Hello Vivek, welcome to the show. Thank you Asif. I am glad to be here. You have worked with uh, young children, Uh, you have also worked with uh, college uh, students. You've been educating them uh, with respect to engineering and uh, automobile engineering. What are some of the similarities and uh, differences that you see in both of them? From my experience, both teaching both are totally
1: different kind of experience because college students are a bit uh, you know they already have a belief about what they want to be and they are actually a bit choosy about what they want to learn okay. but on the other hands the school kids are more open mm-hmm. and then they are receptive to all your uh, nudges like okay i call them nudges because i don't say i uh, I, I teach them so i just okay. nudge them to ask a question or i nudge them to think so okay. yeah uh, with school children you can easily nudge them to mm-hmm. think or to ask questions okay With college students, they only go ahead when they think it adds value to them. So
0: how's the uh, curiosity uh, level between the uh,
1: two? I would say uh, I cannot generalize it because curiosity, I think, is an inherent attitude of any person. But generally, yeah, the school kids are much more curious because they are not used to seeing things or used to hearing opinions and forming opinions, basically. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, it is very sure that uh, young kids are curious, and they and they are the ones who ask like strange questions, from which I can learn. Right. And with college, yeah,
0: that is a little bit less. Mm-hmm. We all would have experienced this, right? Like when it comes to India, and a child is born, the father or <laughs> the parent brands the male child. You know, he's going to become an engineer. If, yes. if it is a female child, it is okay. Uh, my daughter is going to be a, a you know doctor. This thought has been sort of uh, embedded in parents. So now, like, I mean, in fact, the uh, education businesses have uh, capitalized on that. So we have about uh, 3000 plus engineering uh, colleges across India. And we have about uh, 15 lakh students passing out of uh, uh, engineering colleges. But uh, I recently read an article that, you know, only 7% of the engineering grads that we have in India Are actually uh, employable Mm. so what are your thoughts on that
1: Uh, yes I I agree with what you say so first to come to tell about the stereotypes that the parents have uh, I think it's not uh, such a bad thing to like expect your daughter or your son to be an engineer but then that shouldn't like uh, inhibit the natural curiosity of the child so the way i see it like these days like we hear about terms like astronauts collector and so on and then we aspire people uh, young kids to be like that earlier it was engineers like engineers were the one who used to come in the jeep they used to measure uh, stuff build dams and so on so i think uh, it, it was okay to wish something good for their child so in that way i can agree but at the same time like if the guy or the girl doesn't uh, really pick it up or he doesn't feel that his heart lies there uh, maybe parents should also be open about letting them go ahead with fine arts or maybe learning history geography and uh, so on and the second aspect about employability and engineering is i think uh, all the stakeholders are here to blame the way i see it uh, so as you also pointed out engineering institutions are business and businessmen are yeah their only motive is to return profits, so you, it's not like they led to drop in the engineering education scenario or so on, but it was like the 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 culture and the values that we sometimes failed to uh, uphold that resulted in this. So, so to give you an example, uh, if you say what if you see what they teach in the engineering institutions these days, it's very much theoretical but okay. the world has moved on quite faster and mm-hmm. the syllabuses are not that uh, relevant. Mm-hmm. So I think that is one of the main reasons. So one is the content itself that is not up to date with what is in the real world and then the manner. Mm-hmm. So earlier, most of the jobs, even engineering jobs are procedural. Mm-hmm. So you are expected to draw a diagram or you are expected to do something within the procedure. You are supposed mm-hmm. to test a component and then tell if that was okay or not. But these days engineering, is also entering new realms like we are testing every we are testing new boundaries Mm -hmm. so as to Mm -hmm. say Mm -hmm. so that kind of needs an altogether different approach to education rather than just the curriculum Mm. so the approach also needs to be uh, updated and that is the reason why i think uh, uh, we haven't been able to make so successful engineers Mm. who are like engineers
0: at heart the number of engineers that we have uh, in our country is really huge, right? Uh, so, when you go to places like Bangalore or Chennai, you know, they say that, like, you know, if you throw a stone in Bangalore or Chennai, <laughs> it'll either land on a dog or an <laughs> engineer. Okay. Nowadays, the school children, if you ask, nobody really wants to be an engineer, mm-hmm. right? You and I are we have been working with uh, children. I don't see anyone who really wants to say, hey, I want to join an engineering college yeah. or, you know, they, they don't really aspire to be uh uh, engineers so how do you see this uh, situation how how do you think we will be able to tackle this situation to be honest like i don't
1: think having a lot of engineers is such a bad thing because like if you look at society is like ever since civilization was made so if your average if the average people know more that means that the society is quite advanced so it is good to have a lot of engineers it's not that the engineer should only do an engineering job we can also with a wide optimistic view see engineering as like a basic education or like a basic qualification for a person maybe after engineering he can go do his masters or in his uh, philosophy of doctor in music and then maybe he can engineer sound better so there are a lot of opportunities like engineering is not just about IT or making cars, mechanical or so on so yeah that's a very optimistic view but the point is where engineering took a huge beating was in terms of trust so everyone believed that when they got into an engineering college they will be getting a fat paycheck but Mm. that doesn't really happen because yeah there is only so much the system can take and Mm. uh, yeah and we have way too many people aspiring for that Mm. so I my ideology is so it's okay like no one says that you have to go to school only till 16 mm. so you can also go to school till 21 you know it's okay yeah. like as long as you're not going to become a doctor i think it's okay to be an engineer and then you can maybe pursue music or arts like, mm. philosophy and so on because all those are also sometimes closely tied up Okay. Uh, the thing is like it's all like a cycle so when people suddenly start praising uh, startups Mm. and before that they were all scary they were like startups so it's all like a cycle and so engineering i think unfortunately in this time is going through its bottom uh, trough point
0: kids uh, with uh, problem solving attitudes and we clearly know that they'll uh, he or she would become a great engineer but uh, this sort of ideology sort of uh, uh, dilutes them to pursue engineering what, what kind of awareness or like what kind of education can we um, give our children about all these uh, myths around doing uh, engineering as uh, uh, education
1: okay so when you talk about like a freedom or like the uh, inherent curiosity of a children that is getting lost in this journey of engineering I think that's not just the problem of engineering like even if you do let's say BSc physics or BSc botany most of the times you tend to get absorbed by the system and you really lose the passion for the study mm. so it's not just with the engineering but then the, the problem that the engineering issues amplified so much is because everyone is mm. into that system now like almost for 60 to 70 percent of the graduates I think mm. are from the engineering institutions mm. so they feel uh, like that so basically what i am trying to say is we see an education system as something that will give us money especially after school it's only seen as like will will i be able to earn money or not and when we like leave that and then when we look at look at it as like an experience or adding value to us then i think uh, it will not affect your curiosity or it will not affect your passion so yeah, I think if with that change in mindset that your engineering is not like your passport to earning Money. income, mm-hmm. but then it's for you to learn and uh and then be, be become a better maybe inventor or a
0: maker. So you uh, did your engineering here in Chennai, and then you went on to pursue your higher studies abroad, and then you again you came back. Tell us about the journey and you know the reasons that took you from here to there and back here
1: yeah to begin with like i i I would also say i was also heavily influenced by my dad like he he i think also had like uh, what a conventional uh, parent says like so he when he looked at me maybe he wanted me to join not maybe but he wanted me to join iit and become like a mechanical engineer like him because for him, Mechanical Engineering was something he strived hard for and he got it. So he wanted me to get the best of it, but as life would have it, I couldn't make it to the IIT. So I got into what what is what was best in Tamil Nadu. So I went to College of Engineering Indy. So I would say that was not some decision to be honest, it was not like fully voluntary process of uh, exploring all other options and choosing engineering, but I was also biased because yeah i was with my father i saw cars i liked them and then i also assumed that i was made for engineering and yeah i think still still now it holds true so i i did my bachelor's in production engineering so that is like how industries process goods from raw materials to finished products and how you plan for it and the design part behind it and so on and as i told you like Cars uh, are really my passion, automotive is my passion, so I wanted to get into a automotive company to see how it is all done and so on. And I got a job with Renault Nissan, so it's a French-Japanese uh, automaker who had uh, like four or five years ago set up an R&D center in uh, India okay. to create cars locally like the duster, the quid that we see now and so on. So I was uh, hired there through the campus interview and then I was allotted to a team where they do aerodynamic analysis. So there in, uh, in the two years I learned a little bit about the structure of a company, how the company decides Uh, Which car is suited for a market how you should price it what goes inside the car and also a little bit on what the government expects from the car or how for example people can influence the car makers and so on. So that was a good journey and I was lucky to have some uh, good uh, optimistic seniors who could give me the perspective and then I felt uh, that working there in that uh, Position would not give me that full leverage of what I wanted to learn, so I was looking out for my master's degree and in automotive technology. So I narrowed down on the Netherlands because of the environment and the course structure and so on.
0: How long did you work in Nissan?
1: Uh, in two years, two exactly years. two years, like okay. twenty-four months. So I joined Renault Nissan in two thousand eleven July, and then I uh, resigned from in two thousand thirteen. So I started my masters in Aindavan, so I was actually pretty lucky because that turned out to be a great experience uh, for me because the university had a huge uh, bandwidth of courses to choose from and there I got acquainted with uh, software systems engineering and user centered design. So that's like thinking about how a driver will think when driving a car, what is he taking in and how is he reacting and so on. So that was a great experience for me. And then I worked there for a couple of years in testing infotainment system for cars. And yeah, I felt I was adding like adding value to a huge system. But that was not very fulfilling for me because I consider myself as a generalist. Because having learned mechanical, having worked in embedded uh, software company, I felt I was uh, not made for just working in a particular uh, component or a particular technology so i wanted to widen my scope so i took a leap of faith returned back to india started my own company and then uh, we are now developing some products for the market that will add some holistic value we are not into details but we are creating concepts that will solve everyday problems like dishwashing and mm-hmm. distracted driving and so on and uh, yeah another thing was education uh, how i see education as I'm good at making analogies mm. maybe that is something that also I acquired from my father okay so when I see something mm. I I can also think of where else this is used or where mm. else this is this fits so I was able to make that analogy and I see this uh, analogy actually helps people understand a lot of uh, complicated stuff that so when you look at something that is complicated it is uh, so b- your mind doesn't recognize it easily because like you cannot understand what's inside it so, but when you relate it to something that you already know then it's like wow it's only this mm-hmm. be, it could be like you know as uh, something as a black forest cake it all looks right yeah crazy and then when you just realize that it's some kind of a bread with whipped cream and exactly. it's like yeah <laughs> that, so that's like how i make analogies and then i started teaching kids through Mango and now also to college students and uh, yeah I try to give them this perspective I don't teach concepts or facts but uh, I only try to give them the perspective and uh,
0: right yeah develop on their. that is a very interesting journey hopefully we expect some of the engineering students to uh, listen to this or and we also have some of the parents and uh, you know kids who are in the 10th grade and 11th grade Very finding it very hard to make a uh, decision about their uh, Mm -hmm. career path. Uh, What are the characteristic traits of an aspiring engineer? Okay,
1: so I would say curiosity, basically. Curiosity and open-mindedness, like to learn. I I think that's pretty generic, like any not just engineering, but to any study uh, you need that and yeah, as I told you, like engineering is a way of life even like fixing a simple thing like your puncture on your tire to like fitting fans to maybe like designing the turbine propeller for a jet engine and so on it's all comes under the bracket of engineering so you cannot really say like I like this is a particular skill like if you are curious and if you are curious about like how things work and like if you want to make or build something then I think engineering is a very good option I would put it that way rather so like those who want to like build some stuff like project or house, uh, house or dams or rockets or cars they can choose engineering and like if they also want to yeah primarily engineering is all about tinkering you know it's like playing with stuff editing and then coming up with a better product than what was engineering so all those with the passion for improving things like man-made
0: things can uh, choose engineering We have uh, niche uh, courses, right? So, mechanical engineering will be a very broad term. Kids who pass out of uh, 12th and go for counselling. So, they are left with options like industrial engineering, mechanical engineering, production engineering, automobile engineering. So, can you just elucidate the differences between all these things and the uh, connection between all these uh, four uh, things?
1: Yeah, the difference is from what i can categorize there are a few courses that are quite generic for example in my view computer science and mechanical engineering are very generic like out of all the other specializations these two are, like give you the highest bandwidth that you can uh, like you can from a computer science engineer can become a hacker and he can also become some an embedded engineer so a mechanical engineer similarly could be into fluid dynamics or he could also be into structures building designing house uh, beams and so on so those are generic courses too so for those who are a bit confused they can take such generic courses like civil yeah civil for example is an evergreen course mechanical computer science all these three are evergreen because they are very generic like they give you a whole, whole lot of options to specialize in you can specialize in math after a computer science degree you can specialize in uh, just programming uh, like uh, hardcore programming after a computer science degree and so on so these i would consider them as more uh, and also chemical engineering to add so these four are very generic courses so you can actually like become anything after that but courses like automotive engineering like printing technology or food technology petrochemical uh, and aeronautics are more niche i would say because as i told you mechanical engineering there is no car without a mechanical engineering aspect so automotive is also a mix there so aerodynamics is also a mix there so aeronautical engineers so what i'm trying to say is so there there are some derivative courses the way i say it Automotive is a chunk from mechanical, maybe a small chunk from electronics, maybe small chunk from electrical. So like once if someone is not very enthusiastic about cars or maybe printing or production and so on, they can choose something general like mechanical engineering. And those like for me, like if I had a chance, I would have chosen automotive engineering if there was a course in CEG and if, I was, uh, if there was a position. So yeah, that is what I would like to say at the end of the day when you choose a general course you have a higher scope for adapting yourself to a different role yeah specific niche courses are like
0: for those who already are convinced that that is what they want to do okay so until and unless you are not like extremely clear about your needs and uh, how what you want to pursue it is doesn't matter whether you are taking the niche course or the uh, generic course
1: yes on the, to be on the safe side the safe side as in not the one paying minimum salary but then that gives you this <laughs> that gives you this broader uh, uh, yes broader scope for mm-hmm. like changing your career or adapting your career I would suggest mechanical yeah, civil or computer science and if you
0: are interested towards
1: chemi- chemical chemistry and so on chemical engineering so how
0: important is uh, the institution where you study hmm. there are a lot of uh, students listening to this like it is a little difficult for them to decide between the institution and the course so we have certain counselors say that you know choose this college it doesn't matter what course you are taking and then we have some people like the course is really important take that the Mm. the institution doesn't matter so how do you say it and what what would be your uh, Guidance to the uh, students. Okay. We can uh, talk about uh, universities here in India as well as uh, abroad. Okay. So I I feel that the college life is very important and that is why it is also important
1: to choose a good college. Because I see a, as we were discussing, uh, the education has now become so much of a procedure that it tends to look like it is same everywhere. Like for example, if you take the Anna University syllabus, the syllabus is same for like. I don't know three hundred odd colleges, but then what will change is the capacity of the lecturers, the capacity for research, the scope for like competing at higher levels. So I would definitely uh, suggest students to join in those colleges that have uh, student teams. Like there are various events, hackathons, or building cars for races across India like uh, building a solar powered car or a formula car or even building cycles that are very efficient and so on so look for institutes that has such a team and the team that has been like doing very good that means that the students there are empowered to do so because yeah oftentimes you cannot really uh, like rate the faculty and so on directly because yeah like what you see is everyone's degree and maybe few published paper that might not make sense to a newcomer so look for such uh, teams, student teams like the mechanical engineering team should at least have mechanical engineering department should at least have two or three teams that are working on like student competitions, cars, robots and so on similarly for computer science maybe some teams that goes for hackathons, UAV, uh, drone competitions and so on So I think that would be a good indicator for like young students to filter out the colleges and uh, yeah and also look at how the campus life is because like you don't want to be in a very strict uh, system because as I told you during uh, the previous generation it was all about discipline because earlier the the economy was more production driven. Yes. So an engineer goes to uh, assembly line based so he goes there 9 to 5 Checks in, he observes it, or he he does a job, regular repetitive job. He comes back, but that's not the job that today's engineers are expected to do. And similarly, like discipline is not the first thing that you have to teach the students. They can be creative, and they should be creative. They should be let on their own uh, thing. So what I would uh, say is like choose the universities that give you also some bandwidth in terms of that. The ideal kind of institute from my experience of also seeing the uh, universities outside india the best ones have this philosophy there is no compulsory attendance but then the exams are very tough mm-hmm. okay so they give yeah, you sense. the syllabus yeah. they say if you want you attend the course you can learn from anywhere so no one is asking you to come to the lecture no one is taking attendance but then you cannot pass the exams so that I think that kind of system kind of also you know it pressure it puts a pressure on students. It's not like they are, uh, yeah, they are making fun, making merry around. It also puts a lot of pressure on the students, and it also gives them responsibility. Maybe the first two semesters everyone is like failing, mm-hmm. and then after that I think they will start to pick up, and then you'll automatically see the employability like blooming Should out of the yeah. uh, rate. So I think when you make when we like make the small change. But at the cost of this first year, like, I'm sure like Mm -hmm. when the guys and girls come out of school and when they don't have to come back. (laughs) (laughs) No rules, no attendance. I'm sure the lecturers are going to face a tough time uh, in the first year. But then I think like at least for like five, six generations, it will be tough. And then the Mm -hmm. attitude will slowly change that college is like that and you need to prepare and then... So I think that is something that one can look for, like universities that
0: are that give you freedom, and mm-hmm. then that also fosters like student teams and competitions. I think uh, one more uh, interesting thing that happens in such institutions is the cross learning, hmm. right? You know, the mechanical uh, student if he really wants to uh, learn about learn a bit about programming or. You know any any other thing, so the the cross learning can happen uh, because of the clubs and student uh, yeah. communities there, which is like more interesting rather than you know mugging up and coding maths uh, yes. in the university.
1: Yeah. I told you about this small uh, procedural change, but then there is also another problem that is deep rooted: is this silo kind of learning? So in real life like you know if you go to a company let's say Mercedes there won't be a mechanical department there will be a computer science department like there will be maybe some department called as steering department and there will be mechanical guys electronic guys like if it is engine department there might also be chemical guys looking at the lubricant side so and then the universities also have to reflect on that but unfortunately it doesn't and I think that is also a factor Uh, so universities that like, give you an option to change uh, like these disciplines after the second year or third year, are like perfect. Mm. Like if you don't, you see, mechanical engineering is not your cup of tea, join chemical Changing, engineering. Yeah, so that would also be a
0: good indicator to choose. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. talking about that, I think um, uh, you know, generally in Tamil Nadu, especially in the engineering colleges, uh, people who are choosing the so called core uh, mm. branches have this. Uh, Allergy towards learning computer programming. You know, yeah. I'm in a co branch. So I don't really have to learn computer programming. Let's talk about that. Yes,
1: that's <laughs> also something that I'm tackling right now. I'm coming up with ideas and things to help students bridge this gap. So the problem is much more deep-rooted. Again, like when I have personal experience of trying to teach college, let's say mechanical engineering students programming, and then they are very yeah. aversive. I guess I and T are like the most dreaded words for an engineer, for, for a mechanical engineer. They just don't want to be there. But the thing is, the world is software driven and and it, software is not like something that belongs to only soft computer science guys because software is like a multi-dimensional thing. It's not just coding, there is also logic, there is also sensors, there is also actuators, there is also processor that is electronics. But what we, like, I say we because like I also come from a mechanical background and that's what I also thought when I did my bachelor's was software belongs to them. Mm. Like gears, engines belongs to us. But that is not very true. Like software is something that was in the middle. We pushed it towards computer science guys. Mm. So I think, like, in order to add add value, really in terms of innovation, software is... uh, necessary for most of the cases, I wouldn't say you need software for everything but if you want to achieve more with less I think software is a mandatory thing and uh, yeah, I think when the students get that information correct and they have that exposure I think it will be much more easier uh, and also the institutions that should be like beginning to make students a bit software friendly thanks for that
0: <laughs> so yeah so generally what we do is, is we have sort of a tradition here uh, in hello educator so we ask the educators uh, two cents that they can give to the uh, budding uh, educators so we have a lot of uh, engineering grads engineering students who are actually interested in teaching so at mango itself, we have a couple of them who really want to, share their knowledge with uh, young children so you've been you've worked in the industry as an engineer and uh, now you're working in product development as well as you're uh, teaching children and college students what would be your uh, advice to budding engineering educators
1: yes so to budding engineering educators the very term makes me happy because to be honest like there there is no budding engineering educators I guess because (laughs) most of the time people choose like teaching in engineering colleges, like a backup or when they cannot get the industrial job so that is good so what I would say is one doesn't need to be an expert to be an educator in fact like most of the analogies that I say to the kids that I am very proud of were spot of the moment Mm like i try to prepare like i try to organize the things that i want to convey to them and like let them think but then the analogies come up on the moment i think the brain like when you have this uh, convince when you have this conviction to be an educator your brain will not uh, like forego you you come up with a lot of ideas of explaining things in that heat of the moment so most of them think like to be an educator you have to be an expert honestly i don't believe so like you can be a learner and you can share your experience and yeah i think i am being built uh, like that like i wouldn't say i was an expert in let's say physics or automotive related technologies and but i now can like teach kids i can add value to like engineering graduates and then i can share my Ideas and then they suddenly change their uh, opinion about programming or about electronics and so on so i would say like don't wait till you are an expert just go out like but then yeah don't be too optimistic and try to teach <laughs> maybe at the best institutes or where people you know they might be they might know uh, more facts but then start with children don't like start to teach but then interact with them and when you try to answer their question, you will automatically see that you had not known the answer for it, and then you will slowly start learning it. So that would be my best advice. Don't wait. Don't wait till you become an expert.
0: Right. Uh, I think uh, one common thing all of us share is like you know you learn by teaching. Right? Yes, very much. Especially with children, that's mm-hmm. that's one of the uh, most amazing uh, things. Yeah. Some of our audiences are uh, parents. Okay. So. parents of kids who are you know in the ninth grade and tenth grade so you have any words for them that you would like to Uh, yes i'm currently reading a book called
1: range by david epstein okay so according to that book like the amount of years you spend when you're young doing different things actually helps you when you become uh, uh, like bigger you can take for example an example example of Roger Federer or MS Dhoni they were not like made for tennis or they were not made for cricket they tried a lot of games and then they brought in the experience from all of the game and then they finally like settled down with one game and then they became like the benchmark for that game so that is also same with students actually like if he he has inclination for science it doesn't mean that he doesn't have to go to music class because that At 10 I think there is still huge bandwidth for them to experience and then it is better to know what they don't want to do early rather than let's say at 25 he figures out he doesn't want to be like a scientist and he wants to write stories. So what I would say is give them the bandwidth. Doing a lot of things, failing, dropping out is not a bad thing. Like he might drop out of a piano lesson or he might drop out of basketball. But I think uh, like you accumulate the experience from all that and uh, you will get to become a better leader when you have a wider experience to give a simple example like if you look at all top automotive companies all those automotive companies are not headed by automobile engineers they are all finance guys, lawyers, managers a very few are technical person and similarly the very good example is uh, with Mr. Sundar Pichai his bachelor's was in Chemical yeah, his was in Metallurgy. Oh, right. So yeah. what does Google do with Metallurgy? So, but he developed a lot of skills along the path. It, you cannot simply say that his bachelor's degree was wasted. Of course, uh, it gave him that uh, exposure to what the outside world is, how everything is done and so on. So it's like that. So th- the more diverse you get, the more better. And at age 10 and 12, do not think about college or do not think about profession. Like someone recently said when you think too much about the future that you're actually undermining the current. I think it was at Mango. the (laughs) (laughs) That struck me very hard, actually. That's a very nice fact. Like you're always preparing for the future as though your present is like non-materialistic. But actually your present is as materialistic. So linking that philosophy back to your question, yeah, I think it should fail a lot. Uh, at least till twenty
0: five. Awesome, Vivek. Thank you so much uh, for spending your valuable time with us. Uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Vivek. Thank you so much. Thank you, Asif. So that was Vivek Devraj. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please do share it with your friends who might be benefited. If you are listening to this on Apple Podcast or Stitcher, please uh, do rate and review us. It will really help us to reach out to more people. Hello Educator is produced by Mango Education. This episode is edited by Muthu Selvi. The original music was composed by Katikain NKC. And this is Asif, the host of the show, signing off.